the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Good morning, Dan and Amy. So the Supreme Court taking up a number of cases in its new session of particular cultural import uh, in the areas of uh, life in the areas of gender identity. And, uh, boy, I wonder if uh, a lot of corporations have weighed in with amicus briefs on behalf of plaintiffs uh, in the sexual orientation and gender identity cases. I wonder if um, these ladies from Notre Dame uh, have uh, submitted their video as an amicus brief to the high court, may perhaps in that Detroit Funeral Homes case. Your homophobic discourse soiled my air supply. Your ivory tower theology slit my loved one's throats. I'm trying to go to class without dead friends in my backpack, just trying to touch my girl's shoulder in the grass. You want to unaffirm me to lobotomize me with a crowbar while the murdered trans angels, 18 this year yet, leak brimstone into your praying mouths. Students for child-oriented policy, Irish Rover, You say my piece had violent undertones, that it drew hostile attention. You say expressing a Catholic viewpoint should not be equated to committing a heinous crime. Hmm. You contrasted your reasoned opinion with my intellectual chaos that you are targeted. But I must respectfully say that the blood on your names did not come from you or the hate groups you've been inviting to speak on campus. It was ours and my loved ones. Your reasoned opinions seep into churches, into culture. They diffuse like venomous gas from every outlet. That is the very nature of discourse. Boy, uh, oh. I, uh, I guess somebody didn't get uh, a catechism, or at least it didn't stick there. I mean, not that you have to be Catholic to go to Notre Dame or perhaps even be president of Notre Dame. John Jenkins weighed in on this yet? For more on the topic of what's before the court, we're pleased to be joined by Margot Cleveland. She's an adjunct instructor for the College of Business at the University of Notre Dame and senior contributor to the Federalist. I guess we'll have to weigh those girls on campus who made that video with uh, a future Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett from uh, Notre Dame. I guess on, on balance, the, I guess uh, uh, Justice Barrett would uh, would more than make up for some of those undergrads. Margo, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, with respect to the court's uh, the uh, the uh, court's review of this Louisiana law. Uh, they granted cert to review this Louisiana pro-life law and what that might mean for some of the recent pro-life laws that have been enacted in Louisiana and Michigan and Georgia, not all similarly situated, but sort of in a similar topic area, depending on how far the court wants to go in this uh, in this matter with the Louisiana law. Right. So the, the Louisiana case actually has an interesting twist to it that I don't think a lot of people noticed on Friday when the Supreme Court said that they were going to hear it. 
The Louisiana law requires that abortionists that operate in the state have to have admitting privileges for a nearby hospital. Mm -hmm. And that was what everyone was focusing on. And they were pointing out that a few years prior, a Texas law that was similar was struck down. And now we have new composition. We have Justice Gorsuch. We have Justice Kavanaugh. And that was what the focus was, which... Is it you know interesting? We want to see what the the new composition of the Supreme Court is going to do, but the Louisiana law is actually very different than Texas in the application because the state of Texas is very different than Louisiana. But the other part here is that the Supreme Court also granted the state of Louisiana's cross appeal or cross petition, I should say. And what the state said is, hey, if you're going to take this issue and you're going to take this case. You also should consider whether or not these plaintiffs actually even have the right to challenge the law, because all of the plaintiffs were either abortion providers, so the doctors, or the clinics. And Louisiana's cross-petition made a really strong argument saying, this is not who should be challenging this law, because these are health and safety provisions. And this is the state trying to protect women from these doctors. And if you read the cross-petition, it makes the point really clear when it's pointing out that these abortion clinics have had violations in the past and that some of these doctors are ones that we actually want to be protecting women against, such as one of the doctors who has absolutely no medical training from either school, medical school, or residency in abortions. He is a family medicine and addiction medicine doctor. He received his degree from the Dutch Caribbean, and he got all his uh, training on the job by another doctor who has also trained a radiologist to perform abortions. So they're saying, look, this is helping to protect women. Why do you have doctors who have the self-interested goal of being able to continue to make their livelihood by doing this, who are challenging the law. This is the fox guarding the hen house, basically. And the uh, this is against the backdrop, too, not just of the examples you gave, but against uh, the backdrop of perhaps more high-profile cases, uh, Gosnell, and uh, that still being in the public's mind because of the movie, but also the case here in Illinois, uh, a uh, suburban-based abortionist, Klopfer, who was operating uh, clinics in Indiana that were ultimately shut down and his license revoked before he passed on and the gruesome discoveries at his home were found. Absolutely. And that was what really struck me as I was reading the cross petition, that Klopfer was shut down and he lost his license. But before that happened, he actually was forced to shut down his Fort Wayne facility because the city, or I should say the county that Fort Wayne is in, passed an ordinance saying that if you are basically a traveling doctor, which is what he did, he ran a circuit and you know killed the babies up in South Bend and over in Gary and then went down to Fort Wayne, and they said, you have to have another doctor who will serve as a backup. And another doctor said, okay, look, I'll be a backup. He's messed up. I've had to treat people in the ER because he's left, you know, fetuses, parts of fetuses inside the women, and they've had complications. I'll step up. But then after it came out that Klopfer had 
performed an abortion on a young girl who was a rape victim, didn't report it as required by state law. He said, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's actually what shut down Copper's Fort Wayne mm-hmm. Clinic. So you see, you know, after the fact, we realized that this guy was just horrendous when we discovered what he was doing. But it was laws like what Texas has that actually shut him down and stopped him from performing abortions in Fort Wayne much sooner than anything else. That's crazy because the amount of fetuses that were found at his house, 2046, that was just from two years of his work. So and yes. I, his records it, didn't match with the because every box was labeled with the mother's name and the date of the abortion, and their records didn't match. So he was doing it without completing any paperwork at all. I had not heard that latest development, actually. Yeah. I knew that he had marked the, the fetuses by the date of the procedure, but I had not realized that they didn't match other records. That's yeah. wow. How, how does um, uh, how limited or expansive could the court's holding be here uh, in such a way that it would impact uh, the uh, pro-life laws in the other states that have been passed recently? Well, I, I think that it could have a strong impact if they they pull it out on the standing issue. And standing is a constitutional principle that says in order to sue, you have to have a interest at stake and the Supreme Court has allowed abortion providers to stand in the shoes of the women, saying, look, when when they win, the women win. It's vindicating their so-called right to abortion. But this case makes clear it's not a win-win. If they throw it out on standing, that's going to reshift how these cases go, because what happens is the abortion providers basically march from the congressional office or the state legislature to the courthouse. If they can't win in front of the legislature, then they just march over to the courthouse. And they don't have women who are affected by the laws coming forward and saying, this law is a bad law. So it will change the dynamics of who's arguing the case, how they present the argument. If they actually decide on the merit, so on that standing issue, they wouldn't even decide the validity of it. If they decide on the merit, what could happen is it could, you know, go all the way where they, you know, go back to Casey. I don't see that likely. I think that they're going to probably take a, a narrow approach at this point, but they, they could go that expansive or they could base it very narrowly on Louisiana and what the evidence is and that this is not a substantial burden on women's so-called right to choose. Even if it's decided narrowly, as you suggest, are we on a path that inevitably in the near term leads to the Supreme Court uh, adjudicating the Roe v. Wade precedent, uh, re-examining the Roe v. Wade precedent? I think so. And I think that the reason is you see lots of states passing laws such as the fetal heartbeat laws to to say, look, this human being in utero has a beating heart. And that is, in every other situation, a sign of life. And yet you have pro-abortion advocates saying, well, no, that's not life. When you have those laws passed, if they are upheld, through any of the courts, the only way to get that resolved is the Supreme Court. So I, I think that you're going to see it there. 
what I find interesting is how abortion apologists will cry out that this is going to destroy abortion rights when really Roe v. Wade is merely a federal issue. It's not a question of whether or not the state will completely ban abortions, will have limited right to abortions, which is what popular opinion is. The, the populace says, well, in the first trimester, we don't like it, but we'll tolerate it. And you know, as a pro-life individual, that's not my perspective. Every human being is important and deserves the right to life, but you're going to see the states legislating it much more in the mainstream than what you're going to see with abortion until breath, as some of the leftists are pushing. She is Margot Cleveland, adjunct instructor for the College of Business at University of Notre Dame, senior contributor at The Federalist. Uh, check out her column about uh, the Supreme Court's review of this uh, case, the Louisiana law, what you need to know about the major abortion case the Supreme Court just took. Margot, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.